You're listening to Israel National Radio. This is Rabbi Chaim Richman. And Yitzchak Ruven. This Tuesday, Rosh Chodesh Nisan, March 16th, 2010, on the first annual International Temple Mount Awareness Day. We'll be coming to you live from the studio in Beit El with a special two-hour live Temple Talk. So get ready to phone in and be part of the show. Tuesday afternoon, 3 p.m. Israel time, 8 a.m. Eastern Seaboard. Call in, be part of it. Temple Talk, Israel National Radio. Shalom and welcome to all of you lovers of Hashem, His Torah, Israel, and the nations. This is Noahide Nations here on Israel National Radio, and I'm your co-host, Ray Patterson. It's a wonderful day. It's great to have you folks with us, and let me go ahead and bring in my partner here, Prescott Johnson. Prescott, how you doing? I'm doing great, Ray, and uh, it's a lovely day here in Nova Scotia as well. Well, good. Let's hope that uh, all of our listeners are, are enjoying a very nice day where they're at. Yeah, nice warm day. It'd be nice this time of year. Yeah, because we're getting close to where spring ought to be rolling around here just about any time. As a matter of fact, I did make my way to the Bass Pro Shops and uh, bought myself uh, some some springtime lures. So <laughs> I'm I'm ready to to rock and roll. So <laughs> I'm ready for spring. That's for sure. Oh but, my! But anyway, uh, we decided that we were going to go ahead and do a second show on to convert or not to convert. I think we probably ought to start this one off, Prescott, by kind of doing a just a quick review of some of what we covered in the last show. Uh, mm-hmm. It's always good to hear things twice. I mean, redundancy is a, yep. is a good way to retain what you're learning. But uh, one thing we kind of established is that Avraham and Sarah, great people in Torah that uh, actually were Noahides. And Avraham learned from Noah and his son Shem, as well as Jacob. Uh, who actually went to the Academy of Shem and Eber. We also know that as a Gentile, we are able to gain salvation in the same way that the Jews are able to. But uh, we learn from uh, the Rambam in uh, Hilkot Malachim 8.11 that anyone who accepts upon himself to fulfill the Sheva Mitzvot and is precise in their observance, is considered pious among the na- the nations, pious among the Gentiles, and will merit a share in the world to come, thus salvation. So it's an observance of the seven that gains you your salvation. Uh, we also discovered that, again, in Rambam's Mishra Torah, and uh, this is uh, Hilkot Malachim 10.10, that we as Gentiles are actually able to keep any of the mitzvot in the Torah, even if we're doing it to receive reward, just so long as we perform it as it is required. Mm-hmm. So very important. It's not just a matter of saying that you're going to do it. I mean, you have to follow it precisely. Right. Let's see, what else? Oh, we learned that there's you know many reasons that people want to convert 
uh, to Judaism. And actually, as I was thinking about it, I you know kind of rendered my own opinion that there's only one reason to convert, and and that's you know basically uh, just a, a tremendously strong pull towards Torah and Hashem and His people. You know that's obviously one of the better ones, but there are there are other circumstances that uh, would be good to consider conversion. And a good example of that might be, let's say you married, uh, a male married a Jewish girl, only she wasn't observant. And possibly, you know, the parents aren't observant. And then all of a sudden, the two of you is in, in your relationship is growing. You discover uh, Hashem and his Torah. And she discovers that she's Jewish and that she wants to, uh, you know, basically be observant in the Jewish way of life. Uh, mm-hmm. She will have to go through a, a, a level of, of conversion because she doesn't know anything. And you, of course, will have to go through uh, a conversion process. But this has uh, significant advantages because it makes the family religiously united in the sense that you're you're uh, uh, both converting, really, to uh, become part of the Jewish people. And it also, if you have kids, uh, makes it easier for the children uh, by giving them a clear religious identity. Mm-hmm. So I didn't you know, mean to imply last week that there's only one reason why you should <laughs> convert. There are others, uh, at least worthy of consideration. And anytime you do have the, the thought of, of converting, that's always a worthy thought and needs to be explored. So don't let you know my opinion slow you down, folks. Uh, I mean, you need to find out on your own. You need to make sure and answer the question on your own wouldn't you say prescott yeah yeah i i i agree um and a thought had occurred to me when we had uh, actually talked about the um the strong pull towards conversion that an individual might feel that would be a um i guess what we would consider to be a legitimate uh a legitimate reason to convert because the person can't see themselves as doing anything but becoming Jewish, anything but keeping Torah, anything less than uh, it, they just can't imagine. And it, it kind of, the, the parallel that kind of popped into my mind, I think it's a parallel, but anyway, is when a child, when a Jewish child is uh, born, a Jewish boy, uh, at eight days he's circumcised and he doesn't have any choice. It's been decided for him that he's Jewish and while he may choose to grow up and disregard Torah, he has an obligation to keep the Torah, to observe the Torah. And the same, the same, uh, the same obligation is something that, that somebody who feels that obligation um, by being drawn to Torah that they can't, that, that, that for them it's no different than being circumcised. They have no choice but to observe the Torah. And they feel that pull so strongly, it would be the same as if they had been, uh, you're right, we're always measuring our words, aren't we, Ray? (laughs) (laughs) But but as I say, in the same way that that, uh, uh, a child who is born into a Jewish home and a a Jewish boy who is circumcised, he he doesn't have any choice in the matter. 
he he's a Jew by 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 Hashem's choice, and right. and he's a child of the covenant, and his parents have an obligation to raise him uh, to keep the covenant and so on, and 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 that is the same as I say that's the same pressing uh, desire that is to be upon the the would be convert that they can't help but keep the Torah. They can't help but want to observe the Torah under that same kind of unction. Right. Uh, you know, for the for the Jew it's 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 there because he's circumcised or because because he has that covenant or she has that covenant relationship from birth and the other person uh, finds himself being drawn into that covenant relationship and and they can't see it being done any other way. But having said that, we as Noahides, because uh, we talked about, uh, you know, we or I had made the point that we can't convert into Noahism because we are already Noahides. However, like a Jewish child who can choose to disregard the covenant, we as non-Jews can choose to disregard the covenant that we have inherited. Right. And we have an obligation, the same as the Jew does, to observe the covenant that Hashem established. And so there, so for anyone who's considering converting, you're already a Noahide. And you're not converting to being a Noahide. You're no different than a Jew who discovers he's Jewish and then pursues being Jewish. Right. That as a Noahide, you learn that, hey, there's the Torah, there's Hashem, and it's now my desire to embrace that covenant that Hashem has made with Noah and all of his descendants, therefore me. And I'm going to embrace that covenant. And to, I mean, Hashem did create you as a non-Jew, right? That would be entirely <laughs> correct for most of us. And you do make a, a, an excellent point. The fact that you may not have been raised Jewish does not mean you're not Jewish. Uh, what it means is that you are a Jew who is not observant. Right. And the pull that you're feeling is indeed because you are a Jewish person. Now, for somebody who is a Gentile, and like you said, we have that same obligation, same responsibility, but oftentimes, as we you know, we fall short of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but some of the pull that we as Noahides and Jews have towards Torah and uh, Hashem is because we have a heart for that. Mm-hmm. We have a heart to do what's right. We have a heart to please Hashem. And our souls, you know, they have, a lot of people call it the spark. And, you know, that's right. okay. Well, that's all well and good. Call it the spark. And it's a good thing to call it, but it's really, it's really our, our souls reaching back to the source of life, which is mm-hmm. our creator. And in yeah. some cases, people's pull, people's spark, if you will, is, is stronger than others. But we all yeah. have it. You know, some of the pull you might be feeling that, you know, in fact, I've found this out about uh, a number of Noahides. In fact, when we talked with uh, uh, Diane Long in yeah, her interview, yeah. uh, she thought that she was feeling this pull because possibly she was Jewish. 
and that her lineage was Jewish because she couldn't comprehend why the pull was so strong. And sure enough, when she started doing some research, she discovered that she may very well be Jewish. And I know that in many instances, Noahides who converted to Judaism actually were Jews and they didn't know it. Yeah. Yeah, it's so, fascinating. Yeah. Yes, it is. You know, and you start pondering these things and you realize that Hashem is not going to leave you alone until you recognize and begin to live your your rich heritage. And it doesn't matter whether you're a Jew or Gentile, but you know, here we are, we're talking about to convert or not to convert. This is one of those instances where the pull towards Hashem and his, his uh, Torah are so strong that, I mean, you, are, you, you feel like you're going to die if you don't do this. Mm. And oftentimes I believe it's because you have a Jewish lineage, you just don't know it. Yeah, and, and again, at the end of the day, it really, is, it, it really comes down for each individual to, um, to fully embrace what Hashem has put before them and if you if you if you feel the drive and the need to convert then uh, you know there shouldn't be anybody stopping you from doing that short of as as I say going through the proper process with proper rabbinic uh, supervision and they have obligations to uh, make sure that you're a qualified candidate you know, you just can't up and say, "Okay, I'm I'm Jewish now. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to raise my hand. Uh, I'm going <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> to I'm going to say a prayer." And um, but no, the there there is a there is a, a very long, drawn out process, and in that process, they have to make sure that you're a qualified candidate, that you're really sincere, and uh, at least they're supposed to do that, and they're supposed to uh, you know try and dissuade you at a minimum of three times from doing that um and simply because this is such um such an important thing to do that it can't be entered into lightly and um and 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 this is the this was the thing is that when i was looking at raising the question and i was i was going to ask you ray um when you first embraced the torah did you consider converting to judaism well I think in the last show, I talked about the ecstasy of finding the truth. Mm. And I, I would have to answer your question by saying yes, and I considered it strongly. But after a while, I began to realize that it was an, an emotional response at the time. I yep. mean, uh, my story may be extreme, but when I first found out the truth, uh, about Hashem and about the Torah, I literally gave up my job, gave up my career, and spent the rest of the next two years uh, studying Torah. I mean, 8, 10, 12 hours a day. I was like a kid in a candy store. I couldn't stop. I mean, I had some serious revelations, and when I did, I'd come running out into the living room or the kitchen or wherever Mary was and, you know, and, you know do a couple cartwheels and then tell her, you know, what I had just learned. And, uh, I mean, it was just, uh, you know, I think back in those times, and, and I realized that how full of, of life that I was at that time. Uh, yeah. But a lot of it in my thought process of wanting to become Jewish was only because I was responding emotionally to what I had discovered. 
and yeah. my soul my soul was uh, like so thirsty for the truth that it was now getting a drink of that mm-hmm. truth and you're so happy and you want you feel like living and life is worth living again and yeah. and so to to answer your question yes I felt that way but after a while I realized that it was just an emotional response and once I had calmed down from that and I'm telling you it took a couple months to calm down from it <laughs> and just you know dedicate myself to to studying and mm-hmm. absorbing what I was was learning I I I realized that my emotions aren't attached to this now. My relationship is growing with Hashem. My knowledge of Hashem is growing. And I never felt the, that that pull uh, from Hashem that mm-hmm. I want you to convert. You need to convert. I have a special destiny for you. Please convert. Right. I, I never felt that once I got beyond the uh, the ecstasy part of it and, and learning the truth of Torah. Yeah. Can I... Can I- uh, risk saying something outrageous and uh, I know that uh, because of the audience that we have and because of the audience that Israel National Radio has that there are Christians listening to this show I believe that many people who turned to Christianity did so because Hashem spoke to them and the only place that they had any way of directing themselves was to the church. They actually went from not believing in God, not being interested in God, to experiencing an epiphany, a moment where they realized that there was a God who created the universe who loved them. But they didn't have they didn't have Jewish neighbors to point them to the Torah. They didn't have any Noahide neighbors to point them to the Torah. They didn't have anywhere to look except for what was around them. Right. And it is... And I think that if if many people could go back to that moment, they would realize that many of the dogmas and many of the religious ideas that they ended up being taught and learning and ultimately embracing. They didn't begin embracing certain dogmas of the church. They began believing that there was a God who loved them. And that's the message. That's the message of the Torah, that he, that Hashem loves his creation and longs to have a relationship with his creation, Jew and non-Jew. And that people got redirected because there was no voice pointing them in the right direction. There was no voice bringing them to the Torah. And Absolutely. That's just my that's just my crazy opinion, but Well, and you know, let's face it, uh, you know, here in America, you've got church on every street corner. So yep. most people are more familiar with Christianity because of of you know, the number of churches that there are. I mean, people will tell you this is a Christian country, and quite frankly, I have to agree. But I I think you're absolutely right. A lot of folks have this pulling to their creator and automatically go to the church because it seems like the right thing to do. That's what everyone else is doing. It must Mm -hmm. be the right thing to do. But so long as it begins and you continue on with your studies, uh, you, you will ultimately, if you study with the sincerity of finding out the truth and following the truth, regardless of where it falls, 
That's all that matters. You do that, Hashem will show you the way. Yep. You can't help it. I mean, it's inevitable. Well, why Why then, and I, I guess this is, uh, I'm raising these questions so that I'm hoping that those listening will raise some of these questions in their own mind. Why then, in the church, did nobody teach me the Torah as Torah? It was a book of old laws that no longer meant anything, that no longer applied to us, because there's this other covenant. Right. And and why, why, if it's in the book, if it's in there, why then are you not learning it? Why then are people not teaching it since it's in the book? And the reason why is because, that's again, it's that redirection that takes place that a person would discover these things if they were given the opportunity and they aren't given the opportunity because there is an interest in pushing people away from the truth. Well, it's by virtue of what they're doing, what their real agenda is, it does push you away from the truth. Because if you learn the truth, uh, and if they were to teach you the truth, the offering plate would dry up, at least initially. It would, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's just the way it is. That's why uh, many pastors who do indeed know the truth Mm -hmm. will not do it, because they need to feed their families as well. So, uh, I mean, that's just something that we all have to deal with, and it's, it is a sacrifice. To be a Noahide is a sacrifice. To uh, convert to Judaism is a sacrifice. But even just to uh, be a Noahide, it, it is uh, a, mm-hmm. a big, in fact, I look at it today as being a bigger sacrifice than a Jew, and that's not, uh, you know, it's not a competition, but... I, I believe it is more difficult because we don't have community. Yeah. Uh, we don't have the assemblance of, of a, a, let's call it a leadership program or like a, you know, a rabbinic program. Mm-hmm. We don't have anything like that established yet. I, I know that it's going to happen. I know that it's on the way. It's in the works. And I know that it will happen. But it's not now. And that's probably the hardest part is being, being one of those, or I should say one of those, but being in the small beginnings, being mm-hmm. at a time where you have to build it. Yeah. And it's not an easy position to be in, especially if you don't really have that type of personality uh, mm-hmm. to, to take the bull by the horns right. and, and get things done. Now, of course, in you know, talking about the whole, the whole conversion thing, uh, you know, let's get, get back to that a little bit. <laughs> Uh, we did learn uh, last week too, and I, you know, again, I, I do indeed mean to be redundant. The Rambam teaches us about once you're you're a Jew, you're always a Jew, and this is, you know, Prescott mentioned it earlier in the show that this is a very very serious thing that you will be undertaking. It's nothing to take lightly, because once it's done, it's done. And you will be judged by the heavenly court as a Jew. Whether you want to or not, it's done. So it's something that needs to be considered very, very seriously. And and I see here we're bumping up against the bottom of the hour, and we're going to need to get ourselves out of here to take a station break. But, you know, when we come back, we're going to talk a little bit more about, you know, how to identify 
people who may not have uh, the right intentions as far as converting you. And, uh, you know, things like if you do convert, you know, you might want to consider some of these things. So anyway, Prescott, let's hop on out of here and go ahead and take that break. Folks, stick with us. We'll be right back. Herbie's Bake Shop in Bethel, Israel, now offers you the opportunity to feed your favorite Israel National Radio Show hosts. Donate a pizza to the radio station or send a coffee break with hamantaschen or donuts. Just fill out the form online at www.herbiesbakeshop.com. The Arut Sheva Step gets hungry while podcasting. Show your support. Visit herbiesbakeshop.com. That's Herbie with a Y. Bakeshop.com. They'll love you for it. Being alone on Shabbos isn't fun. That's why CUOnShabbos.com offers free and safe Jewish hospitality, which helps match guests with host families from Israel, America, and anywhere around the world. It's like Craigslist, Janglo, or JDate, but for Shabbos meals. It's great for both travelers, singles, or just someone needing a good place for Shabbos. Don't spend Shabbos alone. Visit www.CUOnShabbos.com. That's CUOnShabbos, S-H-A-B-B-O-S.com. Welcome back, everybody. We appreciate you sticking around for the second half of our Noahide Nation show. And obviously, you must be interested in this whole conversion thing that we're talking about. And hopefully, we'll be able to uh, get you some more insights here to you know, help make the decision uh, if you are pondering this. If you haven't pondered this, sometime you might, and you might want to consider these things. Uh, some of you may have considered it and gone through this process yourself. In any event, this is certainly an interesting topic and can tend to be you know, touchy from time to time, depending on who you're talking to. And one of the ways that we know this is the, the type of person and what their agenda is when they talk to you about conversion. And Prescott, you and I both know that there are places out there that seem to be in the conversion business. And Mm. just as in any other business, they advertise their conversions. And, of course, you're paying for them to give you the necessary instruction on converting to Judaism. So it's kind of like a business. And I would have to to tell you that uh, when you start running into that type of situation... That's good. That needs to raise a red flag for you, I guess, is, is what I'm trying to say. I mean, mm-hmm. if anyone tells you that you must convert, uh, the, the, that person just simply is not being honest with you. Jews are not even supposed to proselytize. So any Jew, I don't care if it's a, a, a rabbi or just a you know a Jewish friend, anyone who tries to get you to convert, from here on out, there's an agenda in place. And what you need to do is mm-hmm. find out what that real agenda is wouldn't you say uh, Uh, Prescott I mean this is something that you've run into yeah I have and people who present themselves initially as knowledgeable Jews and then you find out that they carry the label rabbi and 
you want to be able to trust when you're listening to a rabbi talk about Torah, you want to want to be able to trust what they're saying. And I have had the, uh, I guess I've had the experience of listening to a gentleman espouse this idea that uh, you you shouldn't want to be a Noahide. You, you, you should just go for the gold and not be a second-class citizen. Right. And the thing that surprised me when I, when I had actually encountered uh, at least this particular individual was that they were using the same language from the Talmud that I have heard Christians use to criticize Judaism in terms of how Judaism looks at the non-Jew. And it baffled me that they would use the same language, that they would use the same specific references that is being used for criticizing Judaism in general, and they're using it to try and convince non-Jews to convert. And that if you do anything but that, then you're not really, you know, you're not really sincere in your desire. And and this is just, it's a, it's tragic because I know that there are people who listen to to these folks. And naturally, when you're coming out of another faith system, and you talked earlier about your initial discovery of Torah and the emotional aspect of that that it's very appealing. The idea of converting is is right there in front of you, and you want to do it. You think you want to do it, but it's very much, well, let's face it. If you come out of a system where it's about, it's you're in or you're out, and if you're in, you have to believe X, Y, and Z, otherwise you're lost. Right. By default, and you're out. It, <laughs> by By default, you're out. Judaism doesn't have that. Judaism doesn't have that that kind of setup, that kind of uh, that kind of system, and unfortunately, when folks come out of, for instance, in Christianity, when they come out of Christianity, they're still carrying a lot of that same kind of thinking, that same kind of mentality, that this is about. Well, if I'm not going to be a Christian, well, then I got to become something, and the message that I have for you today is you already are something. Mm-hmm. You're a child of Noah, and you have a covenant. And that's not to say that for a certain percentage, and I don't think that there's a set percentage, but a certain percentage of folks who may actually have that drive, that need, that desire, that anything short of conversion, they they just can't imagine their life existing without that. But for the rest of us, there's a life outside of the church and there's a life that doesn't require conversion to Judaism as beautiful as that is and we're not even we're not raising any question about the beauty of Judaism because the fact is is that the reason why we're Noahides is because of the beauty of Judaism absolutely because it's Ju- it's Judaism that has preserved the knowledge of our tradition when we didn't and for this we need to be eternally grateful to to the to the people of Israel uh, and the rabbis who who preserve this tradition, but but that that has been a problem is that there are people out there who are trying to capitalize on this uh, interest of many uh, of these people who are looking around and they're saying you know it's like I'm not happy where I'm at and they're looking around and they're trying to capitalize on people who are in that state of uncertainty yeah confusion and. and and they're offering them certainty as a solution to their uncertainty. 
and as I say, I, I think that it's a, a shame that they're doing it, but they are out there. You're right, and they're they're looking to uh, to find ways of of accruing followers, and they're not. I don't think that they're teaching them the whole truth. It's fine to say Judaism and conversion is there, but to say that you're something less than if you choose to remain a Noahide. Right. It, well, it's it a is, it's a great marketing tool. I mean, you can't it knock is. them. I mean, if you're talking about <laughs> perpetuating a business, that's a great marketing yeah. tool. You use you, know, it, you use fear yeah. and guilt. You know, nobody wants to be second best. We want to well, well, have the same <laughs> same opportunities as everybody else. Well, well, and and if that's the case, and this here this here is the this here is what I would throw out to folks who who have this idea of second class citizen, and that is, is that within within the nation of Israel. There are distinctions between tribes, and there are distinctions between families. That the children of Aaron, they have a responsibility that nobody else in Israel has a similar responsibility. Right. And they can't opt in. They can't say, look, I don't want to be a regular Jew. I want to be a Kohen. They can't do that. Right. They're either born to it or they're not. And so when they're so when people are trying to sell to Noahides that they're second class citizens and that they they have a, a, an upgrade path, then they're not really being genuine even to their own experience as a Jew, because they're not sitting there saying, "Hey, where's my upgrade path?" Right. So, I, just you know. These these are things that uh, obviously frustrate me. Yeah, well, and you know, I think it's important <laughs> that we remind the folks that there are these uh, types of individuals uh, out there, and mm. they'll come looking for you. And many yep. of them have websites, and if you get on there, I'll guarantee they're going to try and sell you uh, a package to get you converted. In fact, it should be quite the opposite. Your thought process and research on this should be quite the opposite. Because a true Jew, uh, and I'll, I'll leave it a rabbi because that's who you would uh, initially be speaking with, they are going to, I'll call it, test you greatly, uh, almost seemingly without mercy, because they're going to reject you. And in fact, I have understood that they are basically required to reject you at least three times. Uh, some right. do it even more than that. Uh, some even will allow you to go through the conversion process and still reject you at the end of that because they simply do not feel you are ready to take on uh, the, the role of a Jewish person. And in reality, it's not because they dislike you or anything like that. It's in f f quite the opposite. They love you. Yeah. Because they yep. are protecting you. Because as I said before, that once you are a Jew, you're always a Jew. And they may sense something in you that, you know, even though you came through this, you know, this year-long or two-year-long program, that you're just not ready for that. So they, as a, a uh, one of Hashem's creation who's supposed to look after uh, the rest of his creation, they are going to have mercy on you and turn you away. Uh, that doesn't mean that you can't continue to study. But for now, you're just not going to be able to convert. And those, my friends, are the people 
that you want to be paying attention to. If you're very serious about converting to Judaism, that is the kind of rabbi you want to find. In fact, I would say put them to the test. <laughs> if, if, the, if when you meet the rabbi, he says, go away. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's the one you want. That, that will become your best friend. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that is kind of a sick way to look at it, isn't it? But that, uh, <laughs> that is yeah. uh, the thing you really uh, need to pay attention to simply because Jews are not supposed to pl- proselytize. Uh, they're yeah. not supposed to be going out and looking for converts. Mm-hmm. They know that Hashem will provide those folks uh, who he wants to convert. And then they do make it hard on them, and rightfully so, because they know the sacrifice it is being a Jew. And I'll tell you what, as I I mentioned before, you're not converting to a a religion. You're converting to a a culture, to a people. And that group of people has basically, you know, been, people have tried to exterminate them forever. I mean, and guess what? Yeah. Now you're walking into that same lion's den. So they want to make sure that you're, you know, prepared for these types of things because your life, as you know it, is going to change. And, you know, you may as well face up to it. It's, it's, uh, yeah, we know that we may lose family. We may lose friends. Uh, you know, our eating habits are going to have to change and, you know, virtually everything about our lives. But there's, it's even beyond that, folks. I mean, you're mm-hmm. taking on a, a heritage that is threatened on a daily basis, even today, as we speak. Yeah, especially now. But if you must, <laughs> if you must convert, if you feel that that pull is so strong, good for you. Let us help you kind of get there, uh, if you will. Give you some things to really, really think about. Number one... You want to con- if you're going to do the conversion process, just only do it with an Orthodox Jew, uh, in an Orthodox synagogue with an Orthodox community. You you don't go to Reform, don't go to Conservative, don't Messianic, uh, Humanist Judaism. Uh, these forms of Judaism ultimately are going to have to be reconverted back to Orthodox Judaism. And so uh, my recommendation is to just go ahead and seek out an Orthodox rabbi who is willing to try and get you converted, teach you what you need to know. And as, uh, you know, as as, uh, Prescott had mentioned before, you know, it's not in God's will for everyone to be a Jew. You know, but if you have to convert, then one of the things that I would also suggest is try living the Noahide laws. Learn and study the deep depths of the seven Noahide laws and live that life for mm-hmm. two, three, four years. And then consider going through your conversion process. Why? Number one, it'll be an easier transition for you. Number two, it will be an easier time for both you and the rabbi, in fact, if you go and you talk to a rabbi and you tell them that I have studied the Noahide laws, I have lived a Noahide life, uh, one of two things is going to happen. They're either going to say, well, what's a Noahide? Or they're going to say, well, you know what? If you want to convert and you've lived this lifestyle, 
come on board. Let me. They may not even reject you the one time. They still may, but they may not. But they will certainly quiz you on what does it mean to be a Noahide. So, you know, that's one thing that I would strongly advise. Live as a Noahide first. Learn what it means to be a Noahide, and then if you must convert, then go ahead and take that on. I mean, does that make sense to you too, right, Prescott? I mean, I'm not uh, yeah. uh, no, off no, the deep no. end here, am I? <laughs> no, and, and in fact, I, I, would, I would think given, given the resurgence of, uh, of Noahism, of the Shavah Mitzvot, and the ability for rabbis to now have the kind of material that is available regarding the Shavah Mitzvot, uh, I would say that uh, that would be an excellent place to uh, to begin the whole Torah study. That if it leads to conversion, fine. But uh, the fact is, is that you know I was just reminded of this story, and 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 I I think it's on target with this. I I ran into a young man who was interested in going to Israel to missionize. He was a Christian. He wanted to go to Israel to missionize, and he told me not knowing that I was uh, dangerous, <laughs> he told me that he works with people who are getting him in contact with an Orthodox rabbi in Israel to convert them for the purpose of missionizing the Jewish people. Right, right. That's a tragic situation. And, and, I, and I said to him, I said, so if the rabbi asks you questions about your intentions or asks you about your background... Are you going to lie to him? And he said yes. And you know, so I think that getting people to learn the Shiva Mitzvot, getting people to live that life first, to discover their intentions, to discover their sincerity, because there are people out there who are, who have who have some very subversive intentions on their conversion. And they know that to get to where they want to go, they have to go through the Orthodox rabbi. And they are willing to lie to do it. And that I found very troubling when I when I had heard that. I just that, found it very troubling. Uh, that is. And uh, it really makes you wonder when they throw stuff at you. Like, well, what would Jesus do? Well, if you're going to tell me <laughs> that he's going to lie, then, boy, we're going we're to have a big debate here. But anyway. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah. you know, the other yeah. thing to remember, too, is that, Hashem has a destiny for you. Mm -hmm. you. At the time, you may think it is becoming a Jew. But the reality of it may be the exact opposite. And I feel that is my case. In fact, uh, you know, when I have people ask me now why I have chosen not to convert, it, it stems from a couple of rabbis that I've talked to about why I lost that feeling. How come I don't want to convert with, with what I know and what I feel? And he said, because Hashem has a destiny for you as a Noahide. Yeah. I mean, who better than a Noahide? Who better than a, a foreign Christian can talk to people who are Christian? People who can answer their legitimate questions. Who better? It, it could only, yeah. only be a, a former Christian. Somebody who would mm -hmm. be a Noahide. You know, a rabbi may have a lot of knowledge about it, but they have never gone through the experience you know, it's kind of like uh, somebody who's never picked up a drink before going into a, a, an AA class trying to tell you why and how to quit drinking. <laughs> yeah. I mean, <laughs> of what value is that? It's yeah. like, you know, having brain surgery done by uh, somebody who's never picked up a book on the subject. 
But, you know, it, Hashem has a destiny for you, and you need to remember that. And I honestly feel that way, that Hashem is going to make better use out of me as a Noahide than he would with me as a Jew. And, yeah. you know, I don't find that a disfavorable uh, position to be in. No, better to be, oh, what's the saying? Huh. I know it's in the Psalms. I think it's in the Psalms. Better be to be a doorman uh, at the house of the Lord than uh, to... Uh, sorry. Well, we'll anyway, have to look that I, one up I, probably I, a little bit later. Uh, I, <laughs> get back to us they, next week with that, will you? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, well, um, you know, here we go uh, You know, with a little bit more, folks. Uh, you know, Again, this okay. whole idea of conversion. You need to learn as much as you can about Judaism. Read as many books as possible on the subject of Judaism. Uh, go to lectures. You know, take some introductory courses on Judaism. Uh, a lot of these courses are offered at you know many of the local colleges and uh, you know Jewish congregations. Possibly talk to some Jewish friends. You know, remember that that Judaism has an important ethnic component. And as I mentioned before, you are joining a people, not just a religion. And so you need to learn about the different aspects of Jewish culture and about Israel itself. I mean, it's an absolute must. You know, and in doing this, you're going to be able to see if Judaism's you know, basic beliefs and practices make sense to you. I mean, you also need to remember that uh, uh, Judaism is, is a, a, a faith of good deeds. It's not forced creeds. I mean, you're, yeah. you're taking on something completely different than what you are accustomed to. So you need to do as much research as you possibly can and, and, and just understand that when a rabbi is being seemingly unmerciful, in rejecting you, you need to understand that he's looking out for your best interest. And mm-hmm. you need to look out for your own best interest as well. So learn as much as you possibly can. And then if you do want to take this journey, at least you have an idea of what you're, you're getting yourself caught up in. Because it's not going to be an easy process by any stretch of the imagination. Psalms 84.11. Oh, I found it. Let's have it. <laughs> Better one day in your courts than a thousand anywhere else. I would rather stand at the threshold of God's house than dwell in the tents of the wicked. And the idea to me is that I would rather be a Noahide, considered a second-class citizen, loving Torah, loving Hashem, than to not be. Well, I can't argue with that. <laughs> I absolutely cannot argue with that. And again, I don't look at myself as a second class citizen. I've had no. I've had people try to tell me that I am. And you know what? That's okay. If that's what they want to think, you know, yeah, they have a little bit of growing up to do, but we're all entitled to our opinion. They are as well. It may not feel good, but you know what? They are entitled to that opinion. And all you can do is just keep moving forward in Hashem. And let's face it, folks. We need Noahides. It may seem like the Jewish people are in need of more Jewish people, but I'm going to tell you what, there are less Noahides than there are Jews. So we need strong Noahides in this movement to carry on the work of developing this movement, developing uh, you know, leadership programs, in fact, taking on leadership roles 
We need these people, and that's what I was mentioning earlier, that Hashem may have a destiny for you as a Noahide. And that destiny uh, may be beyond compare as it would relate to Judaism. And it's always better to fulfill Hashem's destiny for you than you trying to fill your destiny for you. Well, I think that pretty much wraps it up for this uh, this week, doesn't it? I think it does. And uh, boy, this was a good one. I, I hope uh, you know folks uh, uh, feel good with uh, you know what we shared with them. And of course, if you folks have any questions, complaints, problems, uh, you know where to send them. <laughs> Just in case you didn't know, it's Israel. In fact, no, it isn't. It's Noahide at IsraelNationalRadio.com. <laughs> Folks, we're going to sneak on out of here. It's great to have you with us. Prescott, we'll catch you next week. And folks, Shavuoto. Have a great week. Shalom, everyone. Kidashta, a community Judaica store in the heart of Moda'in. Kidashta, a classy yet moderately priced Judaica store in the center of Jerusalem. Kidashta, a full-service website that introduces quality products, books, silver, jewelry, and mezuzot. Kidashta, the personal touch, in the bell tower in downtown Jerusalem. And Kidashta, Moda'in in the Kaiser neighborhood. And of course, www.judaica4u, the numeral 4, the letter U.com.